the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good day, good week to you. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Don't forget, i got a big event coming up at the end of the month in Palo Alto. It's an income and retirement event. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. It's in Palo Alto at the Elks Club. A lovely place to do a, an event Thursday evening. But let's get to this year. The first big mega takeover is launched in 2016. Shire Pharmaceuticals has agreed to buy biopharmaceutical company Bexalta for $32 billion dollars going to be the number one maker of drugs to treat rare diseases. So even in a down market, even in a market that's correcting or, say, maybe playing with a bear thought or two, you'll still find winners and you'll still find losers. Elsewhere out there in news that's important for you, it would be David Bowie, dead at 69 years old. We all die, even legendary musicians. 69 years old, I'm pretty sure cancer got him, is what I've been uh, hearing I think he's been battling it for something like 15 years. Space Oddity, one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, and just even that whole album was was just fun. But we all die. Speaking of dying, let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. How are you, Mr. Burton? I'm slowly dying like everybody else, I guess. We're going to go that route. <laughs> I think you're actually, I think you speed it up. I think you enjoy life. You uh, you do a lot of winter and summer sports and you uh, you live life to its fullest. So good for you. Yeah, definitely like balance, but as you, you know, I, you know, we've been working together for a long time, but first decade that uh, we were doing things together, I don't think you and I had a lot of life balance, so it's good to have it later on in life after you build the business, right? I still don't have it, but congratulations <laughs> to you. We're, we're trying to get you there. It's uh, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Um, let's talk about earning season. Um, it's always important to check in, you know, every three months, every quarter. Uh, Wall Street tends to, you know, uh, do a parade of about three weeks of earnings from the biggest companies to the smallest companies, from the tech companies to the, the healthcare companies. You, you learn a lot during earnings season. What are your expectations for the upcoming earnings season as the fourth quarter closed clearly in December? So it should start reporting any day now. Well, I think what's what's interesting about it is that we're going to see um, 
revenue decline and earnings decline as a total for the S&P 500. Um, and this will be the first time that we'll see four consecutive quarter of, quarters of year-over-year revenue decline since 2008-2009, from the Q4-208 time frame to uh, Q3-2009. Um, so, you know, I think the market realizes that this is an issue, but it, it, they also realize that you've got some decent growth in revenues in telecom and healthcare, but we've got four sectors that are kind of leading us with uh, year-over-year revenue decline, energy and materials is the top one. So everybody knows about energy and materials, right? So even yeah. though this is an issue, when you hear that term, you know, that a revenue decline four quarters in a row the first time since 08, 09, it's, it's a different situation. That period, everything was declining. I mean, everything. This this time it's really led by energy and materials. We, you know, commodity markets realizing like the super cycle is over. China is changing big time. Um, and uh, it's, it, there's not that thirst for commodities and, and oil out there anymore. Well, actually, there's a thirst for oil. It's just like there's so much more supply now. So I think that 2016 is a key year. This is another comparable that's going to be tough. So the first, you know, the fourth quarter of this year versus last year, it's a tough comparable. It should get easier as we go through the year. Um, But, you know, it's kind of setting up to be just a bit of a mediocre year. We've got slow-growing economies everywhere. I think that, uh, you know, central banks seem to realize that they've done enough, almost too much, to manipulate markets. And the only thing left is to kind of push governments to go through changes in fiscal policy and go pro-growth. And so hopefully by the end of this year, I think it's a key year that we get off, I hope, this central bank bandwagon where we have easing in Japan and Europe and and now the easing is over here finally. And, you know, I, I don't want the story to go on anymore. Rob, do you, I mean, do you want to keep talking about what the Fed's doing versus what the market's doing? So... With you saying that you expect it to be kind of a blah year, I'm almost thinking that's my cue to say, no, no, no. If Chad thinks it's going to be blah, then it's going to, something dramatic is going to happen. Um, and I think that's kind of how Wall Street kind of works. You almost have like um, just when you least expect it, something surprising happens. You're not expecting any surprises. Yeah, well, like, it can be a, okay. it can be a so positive there's, surprise. There's two things here. There's expected return for the year, but expectation of volatility is, is still very high versus just like it was last year. Um, there's a lot of geopolitical okay. issues going on. There's a lot of things with Europe. In terms of are we going to have a year where it's a double-digit positive year or a flat year or a, a large negative year, who knows? You know, neither, Nobody has a crystal ball in the next 12 months. I would just assume you have to set expectations for your financial plan, right? You have to say, Based on my financial goals and what I need to do this year and what I need to do five years and then 30 years to retirement, what should I assume? You should always be very conservative on your projection. Um, so I do the same thing when it comes to the market and realizing that I've been doing this for 23 years. Nobody has short-term predictions capability that are on target every single time. Um, I just want to point out that when you see these revenue declines, earnings declines, if you take out the energy sector and the material sector, things don't look too bad. So I think we're going to more of a stock traders market. It's just like you said, everybody has gone towards almost 100% indexing. And now we're getting into a market where, especially in emerging markets, as we saw last week, managed good long-term stock picker funds for emerging markets, and even the small cap area, have done much better than the indexes. So I think that that's that's why I've always liked to have a little bit of index and a little bit of managed approach. 
You can meet CFP Chad Burton at the Ten Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar in Palo Alto, January 28th. A couple Thursdays from now, you can sign up for the event at newfocusfinancial.com. There's all sorts of downloadables and good content there. Um, Mr. Burton, final question. With all the media mediocre expectations for 2016, what would be some of the basic strategies to kind of – should you use basic strategies always or should you get more advanced at certain times? Like, wait – I'm a little confused by this one. What, what, what well, should we be talking so there's, about? there's, you know, alternative, what they call the alternative asset classes, alternative funds that uh-huh. are out there. And when you get a market that's, that's you know, a little bit struggling, um, alternative funds get a lot of press because these guys, just like hedge funds basically, come to you and say, okay, we've got this new strategy that's going to work really well. Long, short funds where they're picking some stocks long and shorting others or, or whatever. And I see these kind of rotate in and out after um, – you know, as people are looking for, for better ways to go if, if you had a flat year in asset allocation. And look, these are fine if you've got over a million and you're looking for non-correlated assets. They're not a way to build wealth. In fact, last year, 64 alternative mutual funds were liquidated and merged into other funds. Um, just like a lot of hedge funds are just kind of dying out. Um, it, basically, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. And when you look at an alternative asset class, they're for wealthier individuals that say, I've got enough stocks, I've got enough bonds, I want something a little bit different. Um, so, you know, a guy with, you know, under half a million dollars should not be looking at alternative investments or alt funds, long, short funds, merger funds, things like that. It's just not a way to build wealth. Thanks very much. It's CFP Chad Burton. We're going to be at the Palo Alto Elks Lodge Thursday evening, the 28th. You can sign up for the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Seminar. You can learn more about New Focus Financial Planning and what he does and what I do at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Talking income planning in retirement. We're going to talk about creating your legacy. We're going to talk about reducing risks of outliving your savings. What a nightmare that would be, right? Talk a little low interest rate environment. It still is a very low interest rate environment, even though the Fed has raised rates. You can find out more about the seminar and uh, much, much more at newfocusfinancial.com. This is low, I'm looking for You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. We could talk about how to win millions and not share them with anyone. If you're playing the whole lottery game... Don't pick numbers under 31 because everyone picks their birthday, their birth month, things along those lines. If you're trying not to share with someone else, Hugh Hefner's iconic Playboy Mansion going on sale for $200 million. Anyone want to go in half seas with me on that one? 
or not. 800-516-1220 to get your call on the air. If those walls could talk, I'd probably go in halfsies with you. Apple Music hits 10 million users in just six months. Um, rapid growth of Apple Music, which launched in more than 100 countries in June, raises the stakes in streaming. Spotify, it took 10 years. I'm sorry, six years to get 10 million. So six months for Apple to get 10 million, six years for Spotify. Uh, making streaming work, but, you know, it's, that's also going to accelerate the decline of downloads in their music store. The potential to be the leading music subscription service sometime in 2017 is where they're probably uh, angling at. Streaming is becoming the dominant form of digital music consumption and is growing rapidly as download sales decline. Spotify and Apple have a clear lead over the competition um, as far as streaming goes. And uh, there's more players out there. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, David Bowie uh, died a little bit too early, 69, I would say, um, after battling with cancer. I bring David Bowie up. In large part, there is a financial story. Um, he created what were called Bowie Bonds, and he did this in my lifetime uh, on financial media. I remember doing the story when it broke in 1997. He sold $55 million of Bowie Bonds, which were asset-backed securities that were backed by the current and future revenues of the 25 albums he recorded before 1990. So he blazed a bit of a trail with his dalliance in bonds. So rather than getting steady streams of income from the revenues of his back catalog, including records like The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and Spiders from Mars or Let's Dance, the bonds allowed Bowie to borrow more money up front. He basically said, you know, hey, investors, if you want the income from my albums, you can have that. I'll take a big lump sum, which is pretty interesting. Um, he sold the rights of his songs. I don't know. I seem to think back then it was the rise of peer-to-peer music sharing services like Napster that kind of blew a hole in the copyright legislation, causing artists in the industry to fear for their financial future. So in 2004, with physical CD sales being cannibalized by piracy and the rise of online music, Moody's cut the rating of Bowie Bonds to triple B+, which is just one notch above junk. So he seems to have pulled it off quite well. Um, all things considered. Um... Uber has seeked, has seeked, has soaked, has, is seeking new funding valuing the company at $62.5 billion. Wow. Investors are pledging in $250,000 minimums to the company in a funding influx that will raise the company's total valuation to $62.5 billion. The on-demand ride-hailing service uh, was previously valued at about $51 billion, now $62 billion. That is a huge amount of money. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Um, it's clear to most market observers at, at this point in time that the stock market has endured a rough start. The S&P 500 suffered its worst four-day start to the year in the history of the index, not to be outdone. The Dow Jones Industrial Average achieved a similar feat after it dived 150 points on Friday. Bad news is we're not looking great right now. The good news is it's the start of the new year, and my 401k 
Um, I've already purchased at lower prices, which I like doing. I'm not going to fault you for jumping, you know, out or in or whatever you jump into or however you jump. The economic calendar is a big one. We saw a pretty good jobs report on Friday. Um, China's inflation data was largely in line with expectations over the weekend. The December consumer price index increased one half of 1%. Not too shabby. So the People's Bank of China, not particularly aggressive right now. The PBOC, the People's Bank of China, it slowed its devaluation efforts in recent days. Uh, devaluing makes their exporting look a little more attractive to other countries. You know, some factors out there that encourage investors to buy stocks also encourage them to sell the Japanese yen, oftentimes the same trade. Um, so Japan's big in the, in the news these days because their stock market has a, probably the lowest developed country stock market in the world as far as valuation goes. Prime Minister Shinzo Abadi, his government embarked on the Abenomics program. It's been highlighted by ferocious stimulus measures uh, from the Bank of Japan. So people are looking at Japan as, hey, maybe you're going to be the, the stock market of the year. So Alcoa is going to report its earnings today after the bell. Um, and Alcoa starts it all. One thing I love about Alcoa's earnings report is they talk about demand for aluminum. Demand for a commodity aluminum that is a building material for economies. So they're going to talk about Asia. They're going to talk about China. They're going to talk about Europe. They're going to talk about North America. No one seems to care about South America or Africa or Antarctica. Little talk on every now and then about Australia. But I'm not sure why. Well, I'm, I, I kind of have my opinions on why I think those three are the most talked about. Um, but Alcoa is a big one. And they talk about the world and how business is going. Bexalta has been created to be acquired by Shire for $45 a share. A for Metrics is going to be acquired by Thermo Fisher. That's an interesting one. Um, a lot of corporate news in, in mergers and acquisitions in the healthcare industry. Under Armour is lower today. VFC Corporation are on track to open in the red after receiving downgrades. Macy's shareholders are pushing for more real estate deals, while Kohl's is looking to go private, according to the Wall Street Journal. Um, there's a revolutionary blood test that can detect cancer. It's called liquid biopsies. It's a $20 billion market ready to explode. Um, scientists think that will probably be here in the next year or two. Um, a lot of companies are looking for that, you know, holy grail which is blood-based cancer screening. One company that's doing a lot of work in it is called Illumina. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. Rob Black Show. Email me, rob at robblackshow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, in particular, what would I do if I won the billion-dollar lottery prize? Would I show up for work? Yes, until I figure out a plan. Got to have a plan. The jackpot has reached over $900 million. It's expected to go well over a billion dollars on Wednesday. That kind of thought is intoxicating. Keep in mind, you're likely, you're not going to win it. It's going to someone who is in a trailer park and has one tooth. If that person is you, you should play the lottery. Especially if your dog died in the last year in a flood. Play the lottery. Because... Because the big person up in the sky, he has a way of letting those people win the lottery. But don't get intoxicated. Uh, what do you do if you win a billion dollars? Before you rush out and claim the prize, you need kind of a crash course on financial management. And I'm the one guy who's going to give it to you. When asked who would they call first if they won the lottery, 46% of people said their significant other. But 10% said they'd call their lawyer first. What does that tell you? And that's telling me that's probably the right thing to do. Don't spread the news. Lottery winners become one of the most heavily targeted marks in the entire world. Lawyer up. You're going to find yourself uh, needing a lawyer if you get that lucky ticket, that gold ticket, that unbelievably wonderful opportunity to have a billion dollars in your pocket so you got to assemble your team you need a lawyer you need an accountant and you need someone who's a financial advisor like cfp chad burton whom you can meet at the palo alto event coming up on the 28th and uh befriend him in case uh you do win you're gonna need some of these people to help figure out your tax liabilities to choose investments to stay steer of scams an egregious amount of NFL players end up bankrupt after leaving the NFL because they made a lot of money. And everyone comes up to them and wants some of it. Whether it's their best friend from high school says, I'm going to invest in a, a barbecue joint or a shopping mall. Uh, you're going to want a team to keep people away from you. Um, if you need recommendations, let me know. I may be part of your team. I may become your official uh, karma buddy. I'll just be there for good karma. Um, on occasion, if you need something like a, a cigarette lighter, I'll pull out a lighter for you or something like that. I won't do a lot of work. I'll just do some background stuff. Uh, best thing you can do when you win the lottery is, is shut your mouth. Keep mum. Don't post it on Facebook. Suppress that urge. I know you already posted pictures of your ugly baby. So you're like, why not? People see my ugly baby, I might as well show them pictures of my lottery ticket. Keep a low profile. Some states will even let lottery winners remain anonymous, which is a prudent option. Consider appointing someone, perhaps a trusted friend or family member, as an advisor, in my opinion. Um, don't go the mom and dad route. Don't take the lump sum. Lottery winnings can be paid out all at once or in installments over time. Thanks to the benefit of interest, the jackpot winner will keep more of that windfall if it's distributed via a 30-year annuity. 
spreading winning outs also give you a little bit more time to learn how to manage the massive sum. With that said, I'd take the lump sum, but I don't want you to. Because I want it to last at least 30 years for you. Uh, I don't trust you. You're going to splurge. You're going to quit your job. You're going to move to Fiji. Or as I like to say, fudgy. It's a hard I in Fiji, so it turns into a ooh sound. Fuji. You don't want to buy a huge mansion. Don't start giving away money. Um, I have a family member that inherited pretty nicely and gave it all away without realizing that's what they were doing. One family member needed a you know a boat. One family member needed a, a house for their uh, kid. Next thing you know, all that inheritance gone. A house expansion, a car, a brand new car. So I loved having that uh, San Jose Barracuda guy on last Friday. He had that Boston accent. Harvard. Um, so don't quit your job. Don't move to Fiji. Don't buy a huge mansion. Um, caution and patience and ultimately trust no one. My favorite line in the movie, and I, I, I hope that in the remake that Disney does of The Jungle Story, or The Jungle Book, is when the snake says, trust me. I've used that on dates so many times. <laughs> Back when I was a younger man, I'd be in that position of, of uh, winning a, a lady's heart. And she goes, I don't know. It seems a little soon I'd go, trust me. <laughs> and she'd go, I'm out of here. Yeah, it's probably not the best thing to say to someone when you're trying to win their affection. So, the dividend, the dividend gravy train. Choo-choo! Changing topics. That train is a slowing down. Companies in the S&P 500 paid out 10% more in regular cash dividends in 2015 than they did in 2014. That's the fifth consecutive year of double-digit growth in dividend payments. But investors should see the signs of... That slowing down. So in 2013, dividends increased about 20.4%. In 2014, about 17.5%. In 2015, about 13%. 2014, about 10%. Savvy investors know dividends are a lucrative source of return over time. Investors holding the stocks of the SP 500 earned a total of 1.4%. But if you held uh, dividends last year, that return was entirely due to the 2.1% dividend yield because the market actually fell on the S&P 500 slightly. So are dividends still golden? Yes. China. Ancient Chinese secret is the Chinese stock market is plummeting. Down another 5% today. Sparking a global route and pushing down oil prices. Stocks had their worst week in the United States in four years, last week after the, the sell-off in China, signaling that it is slowing. Chinese stocks rebounded on Friday, but analysts suggested it was due to buying from a group of state entities. So oil, oil for their part in this mess, saw prices fall for a sixth straight session, 12-year lows. Hey, I love it. Just like short people. I love short people. Make me look more attractive. A lot of people say, I don't like short people. 
Randy Newman says short people ain't got no reason. I love short people. They make me look taller. So I like oil falling lower. Why? 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 Uh, turbulence. Um, my gasoline prices are lower. It means I have more money. So I have to drive a set amount every week. I think I drive 50 miles a day, almost no matter what, five days a week. That's not bad, right? Is that bad? Fortunately, I do it at times where no one else is driving, so within reason, it's not that bad. Anyway, um, China has kind of torpedoed the hope of optimists out there, and they've kind of torpedoed oil. Morgan Stanley said on uh, oil prices today that the 20s were a real possibility, especially if the dollar surges more against other currencies if the Federal Reserve continues to raise interest rates. Um, you can have refiners coming offline in second quarter. You've got a Middle East production coming back online, including Iran. So you're going to have a massive amount of production and supply out there, not necessarily demand. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the telephone. Um, I love talking to you. So pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Trust me. I'll give you some good advice. I don't know who I'm doing an impression of there, but it has to be good. So, a property built in 1927. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I accept this Golden Globe. Me and Kirsten Dunst are going to be riding off into the sunset. Holy mackerel. Did you see her last night? Um, I do like people dressing up. There's something nice to be said about that. Um, so maybe Kirsten Dunst and I, I myself will live in the Gothic Tudor-style mansion. 20,000 square feet seems plenty enough for my ego. Um, it's got five acres of land. It's been a creative center for the, uh, a creative center for the creative mind of Hugh Hefner. When he was coming up with crazy ideas of how to undress women, he did it there. In 1971, he bought the place. Uh, $200 million. <laughs> Does that not sound egregious? Now, yeah, okay, you get a grotto. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get a, a swimming pool and a tennis court. But I think you also get bragging rights. I think that's what that's all about, right? Uber's worth $62.5 billion, according to new uh, numbers released by the company on financing. When will they come public? I know! Say what? Um, so that's worthy of note. Uh, we have markets that are all slightly green. They opened higher. Two of them touched a little bit lower. The, uh, the red. Uh, that's all I got for you. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. 
Miss Mister. What do you think would happen? It's one of the greatest questions of all time when you're faced with a problem in your life that didn't turn out the way you wanted it to. So sometimes I'm asking you, you need to think. Whether it's who you fall in love with, whether it's how you invest, whether it's jobs that you take and or don't take, cars that you want or don't want. Um, You know, some guys have a thing for pickup trucks. And yet, they never actually haul anything. I think those people should think, like, why did you buy a pickup truck? It makes no sense. Um, Even though that Nissan Titan truck does look attractive, I must say. It's no Tesla. You see what Tesla announced over the weekend? Oh, just a car that could park itself. You could hit your keychain, it'll come to you. Like, uh, here, doggy, here, here, Tesla. And it comes for you. That's pretty cool. Um, the parking for yourself? Yeah. I'm starting to get a little bit worried about these cars. Like, when we don't have to think, what do you think is going to happen to our brains? The nice thing about driving is at least you know that there's a mass amount of people in the United States that know red light stop. Green light go. Me think. Um, now, they don't use their turn signal as much as you want them to, but at least some people are using their brains a little bit. Um, Tesla has to be loving um, all the news that's coming out of the Consumer Electronics Show. Faraday Future unveiled an out-of-this-world concept car. Is it Faraday? Is it Faraday? If someone could just answer that for me, happy. Chevy's new Bolt arrives in late 2016 with a price tag of about $30,000 after incentives. And it's going to beat Tesla's mass market car to the punch. Volkswagen, Mercedes, Toyota, and Audi all had some sort of electric concept at the show. It's not as if there aren't other electric vehicles out there right now, but they're all limited to about 100 miles in range on a single charge. The new entrance aimed to deliver 200 to 300 miles from the CES show. That's Tesla's sweet spot, and it's where anyone who wants electric vehicles to compete with gas-burning concept cars, uh, or gas-burning cars, not concept cars, gas-burning cars. You know, you're at $2 a gallon gasoline across the United States. Not necessarily in the Bay Area, because of taxes and because we're California. Darn it. Um, so Tesla went out of their way and said, you know, congratulations to the traditional car makers. And Tesla's mission is to accelerate the advent of the sustainable transportation, which kind of scares me a bit. Um, Tesla sometimes has the this mandate that, yeah, they want everyone to play in the electric car world. And they'll say so. And to me, from a shareholder, that doesn't sound like they're kind of like saying, hey, we want to be the best of the best. We want to be the only ones. It's kind of like saying, hey, everyone, come on in. Competition doesn't bother us. Nobody bother me. Remember that Taekwondo commercial in the 1970s? Little kid gets pushed around at school, goes to take Taekwondo classes, and it ends with a very, very racist, um, uh, nobody bother me impression. Um, yeah, those 70s commercials, what up with them? Ancient Chinese secret, huh? Whisk, you've got ring around the collar. What's up with ring around the collar? Man should wash his neck. 
Um, okay, so back to Tesla. Uh, Tesla sold 50,000 cars last year. So for everyone else to get in that area, that's good for Tesla. It's the validation. The overall direction of the electric car market, you know, hasn't been validated yet. So uh, GM's goal with the Bolt is to ensure that Tesla isn't selling the world's only high-volume, low-cost, long-range electric vehicle. Tesla's Model 3 is probably going to hit the market in 2017. Costs about $35,000. GM has pulled all the stops to get the Bolt ready for CES. It's a very large and conservative lawmaker, and it doesn't take a lot of wild risks. But GM's top executive leadership, Mary Barra, and a product guy named Mark Orus, clearly think the risk is worth it. Uh, Elon Musk, he eats risk for breakfast. And I bet he's psyched that he's not the only one who's dining alone. So it's going to be fun. Next couple of years, electric cars. And I, I, uh, I say all, I'm all for it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Hmm. Golden Globes don't, don't do anything for me. Do they do anything for you? Uh, Tinder CEO, Sean Rad talked about the cringeworthy interview that he gave a couple weeks ago, right before his company went public. Um, where during the interview he talked about a supermodel begging him for sex. He misused the word sodomy uh, when he meant sapiosexual. And he said that Tinder has managed to solve the biggest problem in humanity, that you're put on this planet to meet people. <laughs> Just some of the cringeworthy quotes from his interview, um, which he wasn't supposed to give. And now he's apologizing for it. He knows he made a mistake, so good for him. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, earnings season. It's going to be a fun one. And I'm I'm excited by it. Like, Yahoo's had a brain drain, and their stock's getting beat up. Who doesn't want to hear them talking about how they're going to do fix things? I do. I love it when you get someone cornered and uh, put a little shiftiness in their step, so to speak. Big event coming up. You can find me at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar at the Palo Alto Elks Lodge. You can sign up today. Planning is complicated. Tax efficiency, social security, living your savings, low interest rate environments. You want to create the best legacy you can. You want income in retirement. Sign up at robblack.com or robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.